All right, who's ready? Take a breath in with me. Now breathe out. Take a breath in, breathe out. We're continuing our Breathe series today with the concept of taking things in from God, taking in um, things in our life that we need from Him and exhaling, letting out into the world or breathing out things that need to change in us sometimes, things that we need to act in a certain way, things we need to believe in. And today's topic of what we're taking in is we're taking in the truth of the gospel. We're taking in the truth of Jesus Christ and who he is, and we're gonna exhale this word faith. As we take in the truth of the gospel, we should have faith in our life. There should be things that are faith-driven in our life. And the word faith means this. Faith means complete trust or confidence in someone or something. Complete being the key word. I thought it'd be fun to start with my top five things I don't have faith in. You ready for this? I wish we had like some late night show music. Yo, here's the top five things I don't have faith in. Number five, social media. I don't have faith in social media. Anybody else? Come on. Like, yo, one, one, I see those ads all the time, and I know they're listening. And two, I see people post things about their life, and I was like, yesterday you had a different step, and today your life looks perfect. Everyone just posts their highlights on social media. Number four, people are gonna hate me for this one. Number four, things I don't have faith in. Cats. I don't have faith in cats. Sorry. I know there's some cat people in here, you're ready, I get it. That's just, there's something about them. When they look at me, I feel like they wanna eat me. They're just not big enough. You know, the cats, I don't have faith in cats. Number three thing I don't have faith in, Reno weather. I don't have faith in Reno weather. Come on. I, I'll, I'll be watching the news inside and he's like, it's gonna be a beautiful and sunny day today. I'll open the window and there's three feet of snow outside. I don't have faith in Reno weather. It's, it's all over the place. Number two, this one might just be a personal one for me, uh, small chairs. I don't have faith in small chairs. There's a lot of times I walk up to a chair and I look at it and say, I don't have faith in you. I don't have faith that you're gonna support me. And the number one thing that I don't have faith in in my life is planes. I don't trust planes. I don't trust planes, anybody else? No, you guys are all better than me. I don't trust planes, but let me tell you a story why I don't trust planes. I was flying to San Jose once, and the, the uh, captain comes over the intercom, and he says, we're gonna experience about 15 minutes of turbulence. Uh, and I was like, great, you know, I already hate flying, uh, and we're gonna spend, uh, experience 15 minutes of turbulence, and then he accidentally left his intercom on. And he says over the intercom, you know, they have no idea. I'm like looking around, like why is no one panicking? And we hit the turbulence and I, I swear, it was like we dropped a thousand feet and everyone's just cool and calm. I'm like crying and holding on to my wife, like we're gonna make it right. I don't have faith, I don't have faith in place. But there is one thing I have complete faith in and that is my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Um, I have faith in who he is and who God says he is. I breathe in the gospel, I take in the gospel of Jesus and I exhale complete faith in believing it. Um, we, the, the thing I exhale is the, this, the breathing out of salvation. 
As I take in the gospel, I exhale faith for my salvation, and my salvation is found in him. Romans 10, verses 9 and 10 says this. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. And if you openly declare your faith that you are saved. Uh, See, confession, openly declaring, what it is doing here is it's saying if you are in agreement with, or if you are in agreement with who Jesus is and who God says he is. Ephesians 2, verses 8 and 9 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not by your own doing. It is a gift from God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. So how do we exhale this faith for our salvation? That our faith for our salvation is not found in my own doing. There's nothing I can do to save myself. There's nothing I can do to make myself right in the eyes of God except being in agreement with, confessing that Jesus is the Lord and Savior. It's saying things like this. Jesus is the Son of God. Say it with me. Jesus is the Son of God. He lived a perfect life. Say it with me. He lived a perfect life. He sacrificed himself for me. And he rose from the grave. Conquering sin and death. That's the confession. That's what I'm coming into an agreement with. That's what I'm aligning with. That what the Bible and God says about Jesus is a hundred percent truth. There's no wiggle room with this. There's things in our faith that we disagree on. You know, there's things that, or even how we do church, there's, there's things that we might disagree on. Some people might like that we have a drum set. Some people might not. It's okay to disagree on that. But when it comes to this, when it comes to the gospel of Jesus, this we have to be 100% aligned in, Amen. That Jesus is who he says he is. The second thing is we take in the gospel of Jesus and we exhale We take that breath out. We need to have faith in his provision. Faith in his provision. Psalms 46.10 says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Be still, it says. For his provision, how how we exhale this faith in his provision for our life is being still. Not panicking. Not running. I mean, I know how it is. I have moments in my life where it's hard to be still and trust in God. I mean, there's there's times in my life where I think I know what's best for me in the moment. Everybody, anybody ever had this moment where you something happened in your life, it seemed horrible, it seemed hard, and you made a snap decision and you got to the end, you're like, wrong decision. See, because sometimes the answer is trusting in his provision, being still in his presence and asking for his will, not ours. It's things like this, when we find ourselves in a a hard situation with finances, I need more money. Anybody ever prayed that prayer? I need more money. But listen to this statistic. The New York Daily News says that 70%, 70% of people who have won the lottery ended up broke. 70%. 
ended up broke. And then it continues to say, and a big percentage of those lost loved ones or lost their own life. They thought they needed more money, but it ended up being a curse for them. I I mean, ask yourself this question. If you knew this statistic, would the lottery still be as exciting? Would it still be as exciting? Someone just said, yes, I would not be a statistic. I would be fine. No, it it changes. Sometimes our answer is, we, we think the answer is I need more money. We need more time. I need more of this. I need more of this. But what we're saying is, what we sometimes do is that, is that is us relying on our own provision. That's me saying, I, I need this right now because I don't see the long-term plan like God does. Isaiah, I mean, 1 Peter 5, 7 and 9 says this, give all of your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. Stay alert, watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers all over the world are going through the same kind of suffering as you. Three things you can pull out from this. Number one, you matter. It says it right here. Give your worries to God for he cares about you. You matter to God. I wanna speak really clear to my friends in the Nevada Department of Corrections. You matter to God. You matter to God. He loves you more than you can even understand. Is that right, church? They matter to God. God cares for you. And we have to, if we're gonna trust in his provision, we have to be true to ourselves. Do we really believe that God cares about me? It's easy in life to think he cares about the big problems, but do we believe, do we have faith that God cares for me individually? The second thing you can pull out of this verse is that he is strong, that he is strong, that God is strong. It says stand firm in your faith. What it's saying there is you can stand firm and trust that God is strong, that he's got you. That, that he's stronger than your strength. Now, I'll be honest. I'm a big guy. I, I, you know, I, I don't want to say I'm strong, but I'm not weak. And there's so many times in life when I find myself trying to prove that I'm strong enough. I'm strong enough to get us out of this situation. I'm strong enough for, for, to help you get through this. When the right answer is, is I'm not strong enough. But the God I serve is strong enough. So he can work through me, amen? The third thing to pull out of this passage of 1 Peter is you are not alone. You are not alone. It ends with saying this. Remember that the family of believers, your brothers and your sisters, are suffering just like you. One of the biggest tools of the enemy, this lion that speaks about roaming around, is to isolate us to convince us that the problems that I'm going through, the hurts that I'm going through, I'm the only one that faces it. And if I was real and I opened up about it, people wouldn't get it. Or how how about this one, you ever felt this one? If I was real and I opened up about the struggles I was going through, people would judge me. See, this, this is often a lie from the enemy. 
Because the truth is, is that every single one of us in here is broken. We're all broken. We all have things in our life that need a savior, amen? We all have hurts, we all have hangups. Don't believe the lie of the enemy that you're the only one that's going through it. Because the answer is to lean into people, not run away from people. To lean in to the presence of God, to lean into the people of God, not to isolate from it. The answer is not isolation. So as we breathe in this truth, as we trust the provision of God, what should we have faith over? How should we respond with faith over things like this? Number one, we should have faith for his provision over our panic. Over our panic. When, when something comes up in our life, what wins in our life? Our panic of the situation or our faith in him? How often is our first response is, how is this gonna happen? What's gonna happen to me? We need to remind ourselves that God is a good God and he's got us. We have to have faith in his provision. The second thing we have to have faith for his provision over is our stress. Anybody ever get stressed? Amen, me too. It, it, I'm not saying don't get stressed. If, you, if you're someone in here and you've never had stress in your life, please tell me the secret. Please. It's not about not getting stressed, but it's who's handling our stress. Who's, who's holding our stress? When we get a stressful situation, are we carrying the weight of this? Is our response is, how am I gonna do this? How am I gonna make it through this? Or is our faith for his provision leading us to a place of, God, I trust you with this. God, I don't know how this is gonna look. I don't know the outcome of this, but I know you're good. It's not about just not getting stressed. It's about handing our stress off, amen? The third thing that our faith for our provision should go over in our life is our fear. Faith for God's provision should go over our fear. It should stop us from saying things like, I can't do this. What happens if this doesn't happen? Because do you know what fear does? Fear stops. That's literally what fear does in our life. When we get scared, it's supposed to say to us, don't go in there. You know those scary movies? Like, why are you going in the dark room? Don't go in there. Like fear literally is stopping us from making a mistake or making a decision that would harm us. But when we believe in God's provision, when we face fearful situations, both spiritually and of the world, we can have faith and strength in the midst of them because we serve a big God, amen? It's not about what I can do, but it's who I'm surrendered to. It's not about my own doing. So fear won't win in my life because I have faith for his provision. The next thing that we need to remember when it comes to this faith for his provision is it's not always gonna look like we want it to. We do this, we, we pray a prayer and we tell God the outcome. God, you should move like this. God, I need this. No, that's not how this works. We have to trust in his provision, trusting that the outcome that he gives us is his plan. It's not just, we have to admit to ourselves we're not smarter than God. And the room gasps, <gasps> me? We are not smarter than God. His plans are greater than our plans. His ways are greater than our ways. We have to submit to them. That's the hardest thing about this provision for the future, 
is admitting that we, we're trusting him with the outcomes. That if he doesn't answer the prayer the exact way we want him to answer it, he's still good, amen? The next thing that we have to trust God with, when we breathe in this gospel, when we take in this gospel of Jesus, we exhale faith for our future. Faith for our future. Jeremiah 29 says this, verse 11. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not disaster, to give you a future and a hope. In those days when you pray, I will listen. What a great piece of scripture, right? And I know there's probably somebody who's got that tattooed on their arm somewhere in here. Don't get mad at me, I'm about to ruin it for you. This verse is often taken out of context. Because who God is speaking to in this passage is he's speaking to the Israelite people who are in captivity. He is not saying that the plan for your life, how we often take this verse in is, yes, God wants me to be rich. God wants me to have everything. That's not what this passage is about. This passage is saying, even in the midst of your captivity, even when you're in a season of struggle, hold true to the fact that I have a future. I have a plan. There will be something that will come. Three things we can take from this passage is this. The three things that we can take reading, knowing the audience that it was written to, that we can take to our life today is this. That I have faith that God has a plan. I have faith that God has a plan for me. I know life is hard. I'm in it with you. I breathe the same air you breathe. I struggle like you struggle. I know life is hard. But when we practice this believing, this truth of Jesus, and exhaling this faith for the future, we remember that even in a season of trials and troubles, God has a plan, amen? The second thing is this, I have faith in my future. You could take, take that right from the, even in the midst of my trials, I have faith for a future. You wanna know why I have faith for a future? Because in the long-term scheme of my eternity, the amount of time I have on this earth is small. Even if I struggle every moment of my life, I know God has a plan for my eternity to be in glory in heaven with him. Even if I feel like I'm in bondage right now, it is only a season. It's only a season of my eternal span of life. God has a plan for the future. The third thing to take away from this is that I have faith that God hears me. I have faith that he hears me. It says in verse 12, in those days when you pray, I will listen. Even in the midst of struggles, even in the midst of trials, in those days, God hears me. I think some of us need to hear this today. Because if we're completely honest with ourselves, sometimes we throw up prayers with this mindset. I hope they stick. I hope someone's listening. I hope that God cares about me. I hope he's hearing what I'm saying. No, you need to believe this truth today, that God hears your prayers. He hears the desires of your heart. 
I don't know if you have believed like me that I'm too small, I'm too insignificant, there's bigger things, there's world hunger, there's all these things. How does God have time for me? Well, I just didn't understand the magnitude of our God, that he is so big and so great and still chooses to listen to me. How amazing is that? We have to have faith that he hears us. Romans 10, verse 11 through 13 says this. As scripture tells us, anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Jew and Gentile are the same in this respect. They have the same Lord who gives generously to all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Anyone who takes in or hears this gospel message and their response is complete faith and trust in him is saved. It, that, that's the, the whole thing about this. What it is saying is that I have faith for my future in him. That my future is not by my own doing. I've heard this gospel. I breathed in this message of who Jesus is and I've put my faith into it. That my future is secure. My eternity can't be taken from me. It can't be stolen from me. That my eternity with him is secure. My future is secure. The question I have to ask people, maybe in this room or online, is let's go back to the word faith. The word meaning complete trust. Complete, 100% trust. Do you have 100% trust in your faith in Jesus? Does he have 100% of your life? Or does he have 70 or 80? Here's the truth. Our God is 100% perfect. He deserves 100% of our heart. Are we really fully surrendered to him? Have we fully put our faith in him? Or is there areas in our life that we are holding on to that we're trying to do on our own still? Is our future 100% in him? Do we really have complete trust that I'll spend eternity in heaven with him? Do I really have complete trust that my sins are forgiven? Do I really have complete trust and faith that I am a son or daughter of God? As I ask this question, why I ask this is I'm about to pray. And as I'm praying, if you're in this room or you're online, and you haven't given 100% of your faith, 100% of your trust to Jesus, and maybe today is that day where you let go of the things that you're gonna trust him with your salvation and your provision and your future, and you're saying, Jesus, you get 100% today. Maybe for the first time, maybe you've been coming to church for a while, but there's still areas that you're holding on to, and today is your day to surrender them to give them away to him, to say, Jesus, take this. As I'm praying that that's you, just ask him to invade your heart. Say, get to every corner of my heart, Jesus. I give you everything. I give you 100% of my life. Work in me, just talk with him as I'm praying. And I know there's some other people in here, as we're talking about taking in and exhaling into the world, we're about to celebrate baptisms. Are you excited for that? I know that 
there's people in this place today who you haven't taken this step. And what baptism is, is an outward expression of my faith in Jesus. It's that I've put 100% of my life and my faith in Jesus, and I'm going to take this next step of confessing it publicly. And maybe today's your day. You didn't come here today preparing to do that, but as you heard about this 100% complete surrender, you said, I gotta do it. I gotta get in the tub today. I gotta, I gotta confess that he's 100% my savior. We have everything you need. We have shirts and shorts and towels. All you have to do is when we sing this next song, make your way to the back. There's people standing at these tables that would love to connect with you and we can help you take that next step, confessing where your faith is, amen? As I begin to pray, as you're stirring with those decisions, is my faith really in Jesus or is it time for me to take this step? I want you to really pray through it. Really think through it. Is this my moment? Would you all stand and pray with me? Father God, we love you. And we praise you. We just ask that you'd be glorified in everything we do today as we celebrate baptisms, as people confess publicly their faith in you. Ask that you'd be glorified. I pray for the people in this room or watching online right now that are stirring with that decision. Is my faith in Jesus? Is my future in Jesus? Do I trust him for my provision? I pray that you would just invade their heart. Move how you wanna move. Pray against the distractions, the things that they're saying are disqualifying them from making this step. Speak truth into them, God. Speak truth into them. We love you and we praise you in your holy name. Amen.